How do you start your day out? Do you roll out of bed and let life dictate your plans? Or do you do things every day that set your intentions, your mind, and your spirit up for whatever success means to you? Today, Neil and I are sharing how we go about our daily routines, or dailies as we call them, why they're so important, how to get started with them, and what you'll get out of making dailies a priority. This podcast is going to come out right after Christmas, so I hope everyone had a really wonderful Christmas season, and now we are heading into a new year in a few days. So Neil and I thought it would be cool to talk about dailies because that's something that we've both taken on as a practice that really has been life-changing. I know that sounds kind of cheesy and cliche, but Neil, let's start with you and... The story I think here is the difference between what life was like before you did dailies and you've been super open about your struggles with pornography addiction and and then what life looks like now. So maybe we go all the way back to just describing before you started your practice of doing dailies, you know, what a typical morning usually looked like for you. Yeah. I think for me, there really wasn't a ton of structure just in general. I mean, it was kind of like waking up and just getting going and getting things done and trying to, I don't know, you're just kind of tipping into the day really not with a plan. I wasn't a great planner in general. I, like I I would plan, but I wasn't amazing still at it. It's not your favorite thing to do. It's still not my favorite. <laughs> I find just the need to be more effective in life and to manage more responsibility and especially most importantly with recovery, with a spiritual connection, it requires that daily kind of planning. So really, really loose, just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, just waking up and okay, let's get going. And, and really spiritually, I mean, I I would pray in at different points throughout the day, but it wasn't like a really consistent thing. So on on a more just granular level, like explain or just describe like a typical morning, like you get up and do what? Well, pre, I guess, pre-recovery. Yeah, pre-recovery. So pre-recovery, it just if it was like a typical work day, it would just be kind of wake up. Maybe there's a prayer there somewhere, just kind of a quick something and then get ready, run out the door, go get a drink and then hit hit the day and just kind of try and feel out, all right, what am I doing? Yeah, I think for a lot of people, that's just, you kind of let your day dictate you. You wake up and it's like, okay, and to some degree we still do that, but you kind of wake up and without doing anything else, you just look at your list and say, okay, what do I have to do? You get dressed, you eat out of yeah necessity, and then you just start grinding. And that's what most of us do. So... Then I would love for you to just describe where you even got started with dailies. Like, what was your first introduction to that? I think the first introduction to dailies was when I got into an outpatient program, that was the first time I heard dailies come up. Oh, I thought it was from your sponsor. Specifically, they would reference them like in going to, when I started going to 12-step meetings, I think I kind of, I think I did start hearing people say the word dailies. And I think obviously my sponsor talked about dailies doing something. I think the really the emphasis came on 
dailies when kind of when I got into ARP and got a sponsor in ARP, there was really a focus on, I remember my sponsor saying like, Hey, it, everything it's spiritual, like all it's all about spiritual action and engaging in spiritual things. It's a spiritual program. Like that was the focus and that was the emphasis. And I think that's where my mind shifted less on mechanics. Like I would do a lot of kind of mechanical dailies or inventories or thoughts or feelings or exercises, what have you. But I think really trying to connect spiritually and do take actions that would connect me that way. That's kind of where I, where I really started doing that. So what did dailies look like when you first started? It's varied. I've done a lot of different things. I've switched a lot of different dailies. Like, well, I remember it was like meditation or meditation yoga was like a for big thing was a was a big thing in yeah. the beginning. I had one of my first sponsor when I was in the first twelve step meetings that I that I went to. He was really big on like formal, proper Eastern meditation, like full on. You sit down, you get in to Lotus or I, I can't do Lotus. It's a half Lotus <laughs> and you're working through a breathing process or a guided meditation and like the whole thing. So I did that, which actually is really cool and really helpful. And I found that kind of opened me up and, and calmed me down so that I could make a better spiritual connection. Then when I prayed, it's almost kind of like priming the pump or prepping myself spiritually to, to really connect solidly through prayer. So I do that and then pray and then, you know, try to get some Book of Mormon reading in there. That was initially what I really focused on. Yeah. And I mean, what were your, can you describe at all what the change was that you experienced when you started doing that? I think just the calmness, really running from just being like a frantic responder to life, like waking up and just being like, oh my gosh, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. Or being kind of tossed around by way of the demands of life to suddenly just calming down and listening and taking time to be open to things spiritually and then trying to follow more instead of like a task list that I came up with that I'm like, well, I think I need to do this, 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 and this. Being more open to spiritually whatever I felt was important yeah. and being guided more by, you know, you know, by the spirit than like a physical task list that I was creating in my own mind based on what I thought. Totally. Well, I've never done dailies like you do them, but I have noticed on the note since you brought up reading the Book of Mormon, I remember trying to make a daily habit of reading the Book of Mormon, like especially in high school. And I remember feeling frustrated that it seemed like a lot of people did, in high school at least, it seemed like a lot of people did their Book of Mormon or scripture reading at night. And as a high school student, we talked about this when we did the podcast on rest, but I was always sleep deprived in high school. I was never getting enough sleep and I was always just exhausted by the end of the day. So when I really, really learned to love to read my scriptures and specifically the Book of Mormon when I was 28 years old, I started reading in the morning. And that has just made a huge difference for me, starting my day off with immediately prayer and then reading the Book of Mormon. And the difference for me is it's almost like plugging in to a spiritual battery, you know, recharge. 
of like infusing your life with light and with being able to see with spiritual eyes everything that you have to do and being able to handle situations that come up on your plate with spiritual eyes to see things for what they really are. Because to me, that's one of the life's greatest challenges is, are you seeing things in an earthly realm and like a, this is feels so urgent right now, or this feels like such a big deal? Or are you able to step back and say, actually in the eternities, once I die in the next life, will this actually matter? And if it does, how, what's the most appropriate way to deal with this? Or how do I prioritize? So plugging in spiritually for me has made such a difference. But it, for me, it has to be first thing in the morning because it sets the tone for the whole day. Yeah, absolutely. And I notice a difference when I occasionally don't get to it first thing. It's like things just don't go as well. No, they don't. And that's and that totally makes sense to me. I think it just feels completely different. I think a vital part of my dailies now is really the Book of Mormon, because I think there's something about reading that, that it's it's not always like there are parts of it that are, you know, less engaging or more engaging than others, but it's not necessarily about exactly what I'm reading, but it's the way that I feel, it's the spirit that I feel as I read it, it kind of calls my mind back to things of a spiritual nature and reminds me because I forget daily. Like I, I wake up and then on a new day, I can kind of get back into just being focused, not necessarily on bad things, but just it's kind of like forgetting that I'm a spiritual being. It's like, oh, I'm just a, instead of being a spiritual being, having a mortal experience, I think I can wake up in the morning and have the temptation to have it backwards. Like, oh, it's all about what I'm doing more, you know, in mortality and my, my earthly day to day, like suddenly it becomes that. And then the spiritual things you almost forget. And I feel like that's how the world looks at us mostly. It's like we're physical beings who occasionally have spiritual experiences. Or like focus, every now and again, we do something spiritual. Yeah. We go to you do some yoga or go by the ocean and take a minute and that's the spiritual thing. But, but it's, it's gotta be flip-flopped for me in order to find success because I think it really has to be run. The spirit has to be in control in order to receive the enabling power to be in the right way on a daily basis. Otherwise, like my version of flip-flopping that gets me into bad places and I don't want to be. Let's talk about that because I feel like you've talked before. I've heard you share in meetings how once you self-identify as an addict and you realize that life has to be lived differently, what is it about you and being able to stay sober that connects to your dailies? What's the connection there? It's just that. I mean, it's being called back and grounded and starting the day from a, a foundation, kind of from a ground zero of that understanding. Like, I'm a spiritual being. I'm a child of God. God is is kind of my employer, which the big book talks a lot about. There, There's a section on the big book that talks about that, like... All I've got to do is my job is to use my agency to connect with him and then listen and follow whatever information or feelings or promptings that I have once I have that connection established Mm. and all other things will fall into place Mm -hmm. in my day in the like the physical world. It'll all come together. But that component is very much up to me. And that's where the agency part of it comes in where it's like I have to opt into that. 
right. and establish that connection. And, and it does take work. It's act, you actually physically like have to sit down and read your scriptures, read the Book of Mormon and kneel down and pray in the morning and be sincere about it and then be willing and open to like, okay, if I receive a prompting or if I feel, and, and a lot of my prayers have to do with in the morning is like, help me to know what is most important today to right. focus on. And a lot of times in those moments, I get direction of like something that's not even on my radar. It's like, hey, pay more attention to your wife today. Like ask her what she needs. Like that's one in currently that almost daily whenever I pray, that's what comes up. It's like focus on your wife, focus on Corinne, focus on what she needs. And a lot of times it's like my mind somewhere else thinking of a what I what I deem to, to be a pressing matter. But it's actually really not that important. It's just some, oh, I got to go talk to somebody about, I don't know, whatever, X, Y, Z. That's just, yeah, it, you need to do it, but it's not like that important. Well, and interestingly for me, too, I feel like oftentimes I'll come to God with almost like an agenda of like, okay, I need answers on this or I need direction on that or help me with this or that. And Last night, we were having some conversations about business and about what do we want to do in the new year? What's really worth our time? What should we be focusing on? And so a lot of that is on my mind. And I was kind of turning that in my mind this morning. And then when I said my prayers and started reading my scriptures, I was looking for that. And then uh, when I was done, I started getting ready. And my the impression that came to me a few times was don't go to Target with you because I needed a prescription picked up and I was going to go with you. And then I kept getting that. I got it like three times, like, just stay here. Don't go with you. And I had to be on time for a live video right at 10 a.m. that I did with Bree on our team. And I mean, who knows? Sometimes you don't know why you get those promptings, but that is typically how it works for me. A lot of times I think that I need to communicate with God about something and then I do the things, I do those daily things, and then I end up getting promptings or revelation about something totally that I wasn't asking for. So that was just the little one of the little things that happened to me today. But that's a lot of times the pattern is it's not what I'm asking for or looking for necessarily. It's just like, hey, I'm going to help you out here. Like, stay home. I don't want you to miss this. You're going to be late if you leave. I get that a lot where it'll be like something will need to be rearranged in my priority list or in my schedule. And then sometimes it makes sense after and sometimes it doesn't. But a lot of times I feel like when I've done those daily things, then I have access to the spirit helping me rearrange my day and figure out what's most important and how to make the right decisions with different things. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think the most important things get done. And a lot of times it's letting, it's being willing to let go of what you think or, or listen. And it's a, I think it's like a muscle. You really have to like use it a lot to, to get it. You do get better at it. And I still, it's hard to say, like, sometimes I can look too deep into things or like be such like the listening over intently and over trying to be like too, okay, I'm not going to do anything until I hear some, feel something or think something. And sometimes it just is like, I look, I got to just start moving my feet. And, and then the answers start coming to that. So there's a balance to it, but absolutely. You know, I, I think it's, it's such a vital part of the day 
and it work it gets things working from the right foundation, a spiritual foundation and and engaging spiritually, which changes the perspective on what you're doing each day. And then it becomes more about like love and service, like helping others or having a conversation that's really meaningful or spending more time with my kids or and then on the on the physical actual day-to-day front things kind of tend to work like yep. things work out and maybe there's something that's taken off my plate or resolved before I have time to get to it or it becomes more clear or there are times where it's just effortless like it is it's crazy like it's just things work out so well where it's like man this is almost easy like I'm I'm just I'm doing what I need to do like and and taking the right actions and following up or whatever but it's like the stress, the fear, the worry, the strain, the grind is is just diminished significantly. So what happens if you forget or you get busier or some other demand takes over your time and you don't get to your dailies? What do you do? What's your solution? That's a good question. And I remember asking my sponsor that. I'm like, sometimes like on a Saturday, I'm out of rhythm. I'm out of routine. I wake up. The kids are kind of gnawing at you and asking questions, you're out of bed and it's just craziness and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do. And then it'll be like one o'clock and I'm like, oh my goodness, I have not read the Book of Mormon today. Which saying that people are like, oh, like, wow, okay, (laughs) big, everything's going to fall apart. Like you didn't read the Book of Mormon. But for me, it's like, yeah, it kind of actually is. It's really important. So when I do, if, if that happens to me, my sponsor was like, you still can do it. Yeah. You, if you remember throughout the day, you forget it's one o'clock. At one o'clock, you remembered and it's like, oh, you can take a minute and sit down and read and then, or 10 o'clock or whatever, whatever at night. As soon as I remember, if, if for some reason I've forgotten, then I still can do that. And so there are times when I do that. And I think times and seasons too, like right now we're in a time and season where there can be days that are a lot more demanding. And it's like, I'm 30 seconds into a prayer and I got a kid jumping on my back or mm-hmm. somebody needing something. So there is a, an abbreviated version that I have to do. But I feel like as long as I am making that effort, even if it is simplified, as long as it's an honest effort, and I, I feel like God understands that and rewards that. And as long as I'm making that that daily commitment to show that he's driving the bus and not me, I feel like he lends me the grace and the power to accomplish what I need to accomplish. And I feel like that's one of Satan's greatest lies, too. He loves to make us feel like, oh, you missed it. You missed it, Neil. Like, now you're too busy. And it's like, no, you can you can improvise. You can still, I mean, worst case scenario, yeah, some kid comes and jumps on your back or someone's crying or somebody immediately needs you and you don't get to formally like get on your knees and pray in the morning, you can still say a prayer in your heart. You can you can pray all day if you want to. Or I will have moms all the time reach out to me and ask, where do you fit in scriptures with little kids? Like, I cannot do it. And I usually, this is the answer I give them is, you're not going to like this answer, but if you get up just a little bit earlier than they do, that's your best bet when the house is quiet and you're not going to be interrupted. If you can't do that, maybe you're not in a season of life where you can. Maybe you have a newborn that's up all night and you're exhausted and you need that extra 15 or 30 minutes of sleep. Or maybe you have teenagers that are coming in really late at night and that's keeping you like exhausted or whatever. 
then there are ways to improvise. There's so much time that we have to do things like scroll Instagram or listen to podcasts or watch a Netflix series or whatever we do. Instead, in a lot of those little spaces, you can listen to the scriptures. A lot of times if I, for whatever reason, my my morning gets away from me and then I suddenly have to get ready because I have to be somewhere or something, my solution is to turn on the scriptures and listen to them while I get ready. Because I'm like, I'm going to sit here anyway for 10 minutes and put makeup on and do my hair. I can listen to the scriptures. So I feel like that is a lie that Satan tells us that like, if you missed it, you missed it. And that's just not true. You can squeeze it in almost anywhere. You do have to make dinner. Like that's a, I I haven't made dinner in months, but when I used to make dinner, that was usually like a good daily check for me was, did I make it to my scriptures today? Or do I really feel spiritually plugged in? And if I don't, then dinner was a great time for me to just pull up either my scriptures or an old conference talk or some kind of religious recording something that I could just listen to. That's a great way to just spiritually plug in and get a little bit more juice if you're feeling like you're running on empty. But I think that realizing that you have the power to improvise and and rearrange your schedule or fit things in is really powerful. Like a lot of us, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us, especially if you're listening to this on a smartphone, have access to some AirPods or earbuds or whatever. Put those in while you're sitting in a waiting room or while you're folding laundry or you're on a walk or you're like, there's just so many ways that we have access to technology. It's incredible. Now we have this like little mini computer that we carry around in our pockets all day long. And that means if you have that, you have access for free to the scriptures. If you don't, you can go download the gospel library. It's a free app on the app store and have the scriptures in your hands at all times. Yeah. And I think for me, like the times that I, my dailies have just been the best is just what you said. Like when I've woken up early in the morning, it was, I, there was a time where I was really good at it. I, I would get up. I mean, it was super early, like 4.30, 5 a.m. in the morning. And then I'd do a workout. I, a lot of times during COVID I did, I was like riding my mountain bike in the morning. And then I would listen to conference talks while I was riding. If it's in like an hour long ride, you can get in a couple of them. And then I'd come back, get ready, pray, read my Book of Mormon, and and then the kids would get up. And it was just like, those were the times where I was, I felt so dialed and so just connected. So it's something I need to get back to, admittedly, but it does make such a big difference in the day and totally changes everything. It, it really just sets you up for success and to meet challenges. One more question I want to ask you before we move on to the next thing is we've talked a lot about scripture and prayer, but I mean, I don't want to give it away, but I know that connecting with people is another important thing for you. Are there any other things that either you have done in the past or do now, or that you recommend to people you sponsor in a 12 step program that, that is like a daily thing that really helps them progress and move along in their recovery? Well, I think a huge part of that, I mean, especially if you're a recovering addict or I think for anybody, honestly, 
is connecting with other people. And, and just there's like a, it's for me, it's a way of there's, there's step 11 in the 12 steps that talks about, you know, establishing this connection through prayer and meditation. And for me, it's kind of like a timeout. I mean, in the, in the actual step, I'll just kind of read what, what it says in the manual, but this is where I do it is when I call another person, it just, it forces me to evaluate where am I at? If I'm making a call to another addict, because that's kind of the premise of the call is like, Hey, how are you doing for real? Not just like a, Hey, how are you doing? And then you give some answer and talk about the weather. It's like, no, for real, where are you at today? This is from the manual, the addiction recovery program manual. Most of us follow step 10 by taking inventory each day. As you plan your day, prayerfully examine your motives. Are you doing too much or too little? Are you taking care of your basic spiritual, emotional, and physical needs? Do you serve others? Ask yourself these and other questions as you seek balance and serenity in your day. As the day unfolds, you can quickly stop negative thoughts or feelings that threaten to overwhelm you. Be especially alert for old behaviors or thinking patterns during highly stressful situations. So the way that I identify that in particular is like old patterns and ways of thinking is when I talk to another addict and talk about underlying causes and conditions of like, okay, why am I feeling this way? And a lot of times I won't even recognize it until I make the call. I'll think I'm good. And then I'll call someone and I'll be like, start talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's a lot of emotion here that I'm not even addressing. And hey, where's that coming from? And then really getting at the fear or the resentment, which is kind of what it boils down to most times and getting that out into the open and then kind of getting with another person, it just clears things up and allows you to spiritually connect again and pray and and establish that connection and resolve any of those, those kind of your, and enables you to course correct. So that's how I do it is reaching out, it's just key for me. And some people will do it on paper. They'll, they'll journal at the end of the day is another way to do it. But for me, it's reaching out to another addict or another person, or it can even be a family member. So now I would love to talk about bad habits and replacing them with good. And this comes from the book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And the full title is The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do in Life and Business. And I read this and really enjoyed it. It's super interesting. It talks about all kinds of things with habits and with routines. And it's a great read if you're looking for something to read over Christmas break. But this is one of the most impactful quotations from the book. He says, the golden rule of habit change. You can't extinguish a bad habit. You can only change it. So this is really interesting to me if you look at someone who's maybe trying to overcome an addiction or quit doing whatever or replace a bad habit. It's You can't just, like he says, extinguish it. You can't just expel it from your life. You have to replace it with something good. And that's something that I feel like I've heard a lot of people share about in 12-step meetings. And then when you read this book, it's really extraordinary how you can take a habit or take a routine or a ritual. And instead of, so let's say that you're trying to stop eating ice cream every night. I mean, not that any of us do that. Uh, Not that we know anybody that does. (laughs) That would be me. Um, Instead of just saying like, I'm not going to do that and just try to like completely cut it out of my life when I've instead been like, okay, actually I'm going to have this like snack that's still healthy and it kind of tastes sweet, but it's not as 
calorie ridden or full of fat or whatever as a pint of ice cream, then you replace it and then it becomes that same trigger of you want the reward, you do the thing and then you feel the whatever that you've hired that thing for. And that it's the same thing with someone who's trying to overcome an addiction where they feel something. And this is something that like I really had to learn being a spouse of an addict, that it wasn't just you're out to hurt me, but that you would feel whatever you're feeling, disappointment, sadness, boredom, loneliness, whatever. And then you would go to your addiction to like ease that pain. Instead, if you can find things to replace instead of going to that thing every time, that's where you tend to make progress. That's at least that's what this book teaches. And it seems like that's a true principle because I've seen it work for other people. Yeah, I think there are definitely things that you can do. And and then best, I mean, good, better, best. I think for me, it was really what made the difference was the spiritual supplementing things that I was doing before in order to, to kind of numb the pain, but like doing the exact opposite and doing spiritual things. So suddenly conference talks or praying or reading scriptures or listening to music. Music is a big one for a lot of people. Like what I listen to spiritually, whether if there's a theme that's, whether that's like Sunday music from the Mormon Tabernacle Choir or other groups, or even just like pop Christian music for a time, really listened to a lot of that. But it was just a lot of times that kind of those types of actions and, and surrounding yourself with spiritually uplifting things, it changes things. It, it really does. And it changes the way you think and, and how you're engaging in your activities each day. And it aligns you with the spirit. And really, I look at our faith, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you look at everything that you do in our church is designed to get you better access to the Spirit or prepare you to receive the Spirit or have spiritual experiences. Because when that happens, you're cleansed spiritually. I mean, there's scriptures that talk about that. And then obviously the revelation component where you're you're open to hearing personal revelation for yourself on what you need to do in your life that's most important and with what you are a steward over. It's all comes down to having the spirit and the measure of, of your spiritual engagement and activity will determine how good that connection is. And so it's based off of actions. So to give people some advice about if you're like, okay, this sounds great and I want to start implementing it. This is just in a very small nutshell what Charles Duhigg explains in The Power of Habit. It's like a three-step process. He says, this process within our brains is a three-step loop. First, there's a cue, a trigger that tells your brain to go into automatic mode and which habit to use. Then there's a routine, which can be physical or mental or emotional. And finally, there's a reward, which helps your brain figure out if the particular loop is worth remembering for the future. And this is his habit loop. And again, it's really interesting to read the whole book and kind of learn and understand how that all works. But if you look at your life and how we do everything based on reward, like we're motivated by rewards, we're motivated by, well, I want to brush my teeth because then I feel better and I taking care of my dental health or I put on clothes so I'm not cold. And there's all these like rewards that we do things for. So I think if you can look for 
a cue in your life of something right when you get out of bed? Is is there something that you can add to your normal routine, your normal habit, the things that your body or your mind normally goes to, and then instead insert or replace some of these things? That for me has worked really well where I'm like, okay, I am going to not get out of bed and leave my bed until I say a prayer. Like that's that's my first, that's how I start my day. And I know that there's like a physical connection with getting out of bed and leaving bed and saying a prayer first. And it's very rare that I leave our bed without first saying my morning prayer. And that helps me. There's just something about that physical connection of before I leave the bed, I pray. And I think you can do that with a lot of things. So what's the application been for you as far as actually incorporating these and then sticking to it? Because I think that's where a lot of people too with like new year resolutions and they want to try new things. The gym fills up right at the beginning of the year. And then by February, it's kind of dead again. So what has worked for you? I think it is the first thing in the morning. The biggest one for me is prayer to start it off. Because that's where for me, like the, the, surrender, turning my will over to God, like making sure that I'm establishing that connection and that relation, that relationship and understanding that he's in charge and I'm just here to listen and follow what he would have me do. That happens for me through prayer. So I find what probably the key thing for me that I have to have the foundation of my dailies is built upon is just a really good, honest prayer with God. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I say honest because I think I can get caught into just saying, thankful for this, thankful for that, please bless my family, please please bless, and then listing all these things and then what I need for. But being honest about whatever it is I'm feeling that morning in that moment, if there's trepidation about the day and like, I don't know what I'm doing here on this particular thing, or I'm feeling this particular way, I'm feeling overwhelmed or sad or unhappy or whatever it is, just being really honest with God about that and just saying, this is how I feel. Help me to know what you want me to do. Those are the, if I can establish that as the baseline, I feel like the connection is so much better. And there's that things work out strangely so much better when I'm just really honest. And for some reason, there's this thought in my mind, I think that I had a lot of the time that like, God doesn't already know what's going on with me. Like, I'm just going to say a bunch of things and I'm going to basically like disguise what's really going on because I'm going to say all the right things in my prayer. It's like, I might as well just be honest with him. He knows anyway Mm -hmm. what my struggles are, what my intentions are. So if I can really have a good, honest, for me, I try and have kneeling prayers. A lot of times I go into my closet (laughs) because it just seems to be a place where I can like be away from kids or whatever. And I, I don't know, I like to be alone too when I pray and just be really honest or, or slip into another part of my house that basically is is pretty secluded and have that really honest open prayer and start with that. And that sets me up for success. It, it kind of looks different for me depending on the day and what's going on. I a lot of times right when I get out of bed, I, I'm too fuzzy. My mind, I'm like, want to go back to sleep. I, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, it's not the right time for me. I like to be a little more zoned in to be able to have that prayer. But the key is, is as quickly as I can once I have woken up to get into that space and have an honest prayer 
is what kicks it all off. I think you bring up a great point too, that what works for me doesn't have to necessarily work for you. And that physical trigger response of, I don't get out of bed until I say my prayers or I drop to my knees and then I get up and go about my day. That's what works for me. But for you, it's something different and that's totally fine. It can be whatever you find that works for you, but just incorporating it. I think the more you can be super consistent with the time of day or something that triggers you to do another thing, that's where you're going to get consistency. And I've noticed that too with this this pregnancy. I've been better than any of my others with taking my prenatals, which if you've ever had a baby, you know that and maybe maybe everyone else is really good at that, but it was hard for me to remember, except that this time I've just taken them at night every day because that's part of my routine. And it's like, okay, I'm winding down. It's time to go to bed. I don't miss it because I've just incorporated it into my nightly routine versus trying to remember to just squeeze it in somewhere, throw it in when I have a meal somewhere in my day. It just works a lot better for me to have those like physical triggers that remind my brain, oh yeah, now it's time for this. So that's what's worked well for me, but it's going to be different for everybody. But one thing I've always really respected about you, Neil, is that like you will just tell me, like you take your dailies so seriously that you'll tell me if we're about to jump into like a little informal meeting or plan out the day or start hashing something out for work or whatever, you will stop and tell me, hey, I haven't done my dailies yet. Like give me a few minutes. And I think that I I just see such a difference in your dedication to that and the correlation between that and your happiness in life and how life goes for you versus when that wasn't a part of your life. Well, I think that's one of the advantages of working with your spouse is I can say that. <laughs> I'm sure if I was in a, another job, I'd be like, hey, I, I, sorry, boss, I can't get into this meeting. I got to read my Book of Mormon real quick. Might not be so open to that. But, but no, that's for me, in order to make good decisions, and accurate decisions based on things as they really are and as they really will be, the spiritual connection has to be there. And I know that. And I feel like it it is similar to food and water to the body that I can go without maybe I miss a day or something happens and I get a little behind it. Like it's not going to absolutely be the end of the world. But at the same time, it's like you can only, I can only go so long not doing spiritual things before things start to like not be good. Yeah. And, and I feel off or I'm anxious or fearful or resentful or my mind's going in a direction. And it used to be like that's just how I lived my life. And then it would end in resorting to addiction. Like that's kind of where that path leads to. But now it's like the consistency of spiritual actions it's it's closer together throughout my week and and obviously daily you need that daily and, and there's a talk even called daily restoration by someone in our church president elder Uchtdorf. he he talks about daily restoration and he says what are these landmarks surely they include daily prayer and pondering the scriptures and using inspired tools like come follow me Each day we can approach the throne of God in humility and honesty. We can ponder our actions and review the moments of our day, considering our will and our desires in light of His. If we have drifted, we plead with God to restore us and commit to do better. So those are the course corrections. Those spiritual actions become the course corrections. 
to be pointed in the right in the right direction. And if prior to this whole concept of dailies and being in recovery, it was like, if I'm just relying on maybe once a week to go to church for a few hours, and then obviously that's going to be a course correction. But it's like, for me, I need way more than that. I need daily, like multiple times a day course corrections, just because of the way that my mind works. I need that constantly. Oh, I love what you shared. And I want to just wrap up too with one more quotation from The Power of Habits. I love it so much. And I want you to feel empowered if you're listening to this to change things in your life and not to feel stuck with old routines because you are in charge of your life and your routine and what time you get up or how you start your day. Nobody else is dictating that except for you. And so this is what Charles Duhigg says about that. Once you understand that habits can change, you have the freedom and the responsibility to remake them. Once you understand that habits can be rebuilt, the power of habit becomes easier to grasp and the only option left is to get to work. So it's a hard time during like a holiday break if you have little kids at home or even big kids. It seems probably for anyone, routine is thrown off. I mean, give yourself some grace while you're still in the holiday season, if you're traveling, if you've got family around, if you're not at home, if your kids are at home instead of at school, it's a harder time to just get a new routine going. But maybe take this time in the next week or two and write down some things that you would like to incorporate in your daily habits and in your as your dailies and in your daily life. And you have the power to change that. So get to work and then see how great your life can go when you start intentionally with the things that really matter most to you. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode. Oh, 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 oh